0: So we just had a meeting, me and my friend, Nikki and we well, let's just start our own. And literally just from that one conversation has grown to what's now, I would say, the largest mental health organisation in Indonesia within the space of two years, just from just having a go, having some form of a vision. And, and...
1: Welcome back to Switched On, a platform for mob like you and me who are looking to learn and grow from life experiences in order to fulfil one's potential, becoming more switched on in the process. Enjoy the episode. Run, better run faster than my bullet. All the other kids with the pump dump kicks, you better run, better run. Okay, cool. We're off and we're running. Bubba. <laughs> Literally, yeah, yeah. Bubba. How are you, mate? Mate,
2: I'm very good. Um, do you like my voice, just I do. You're actually my bad little singer there. I know. I didn't mind that. <laughs> I was actually starting to pop and groove over here.
1: So,
2: and I'm, I'm um. I'm up and about. I'm I'm full of energy today. How are you going?
1: Yeah, I'm good too. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, on a Thursday, and then we're actually posting a potty on a Thursday this week, um, which would be not this episode, but a previous one because I uh, won't be doing much tomorrow. Um, on a day that not not many of us celebrate anymore these days. Hopefully, so I won't mention it. But I'm sure you know what I'm talking about.
2: <laughs> yes, I do. Thomas. I <laughs> do know what you're talking about. <laughs>
1: Uh, <laughs> I love it. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> love that. <laughs> but yeah, we really came for this episode, as always in the booth. Get to just dis- yeah, jump John some chats with some really interesting people, especially today um, with Jack, who is a local Aussie living in Bali at the moment, who's dedicated to mental health and for over the five years with the program coordinator at Calm and uh, as uh, the as the drug and alcohol re- rehabilitation. He's a qualified mental health first aid facilitator and founder for Shuffle and Strides, an ultra runner and a Bali gecko superstar. I'm keen to jump into what Bali gecko <laughs> superstar is, but Jack, mate, how are you this morning? Oh, what an intro! Sounds pretty good when you put it on paper, but you forget all the different things <laughs> on paper. No, we
0: too kind. I think, I think, I think your singing was better than any of that stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> awesome, mate! Now, really stoked to have you on. Um, before we get into the thick of it, mate, what did you do to get switched on this morning?
0: Uh, actually, I, I'm i I'm in the midst of training of quite a substantial amount and coincidentally today I didn't feel like going for my usual normal run, so I woke up at 5.40 instead of 5 and I sat on the couch until 6.37 debating whether to go or not and then ended up just wandering out the door and instead of doing 15 than I had planned. I did seven and felt pretty good after doing it because I'd, I'd done something and hadn't uh, spent the whole morning sitting at home, which I probably was within reason to do that, but but I always feel better when I'm getting out and doing at least some form of exercise movement and just being outside. So that was how it was today. Normally it's, normally it's a smooth transition out the door. Today it wasn't.
1: Oh, good on you, mate. I mean, yeah, at least like I know it's got to try and incorporate some of these rest days every now and then, but you still got out the door, mate. You still did what you had to do and yeah, credit to you.
0: Yeah, I mean, the next rest day is planned in September. Let's <laughs> <laughs>
1: <That's cool>. go. <laughs> good stuff. What about you, Bubba? <laughs> mate,
2: oh, I, um, I knew we had the big fella on the potty this morning, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to go for a run myself. Mm. So, I uh, I got out the door. Um, and went for a went for a little run too, which was um really nice because it was really like no wind out there this morning. It was good running conditions, mm. so it was nice. So I did that. It was good.
1: Good man. Yeah. What about you? I um I didn't run this morning. I'm running later today. Um, a bit like just from first week, or oh, first session back to footy training this week, and I did a um bit of like just other training yesterday, so. I uh, just kind of to, took a bit slow, did some stretching. I actually did breath work for the first time a little while as well. And body was absolutely buzzing after. Um, so that was really nice. And then, yeah, just trying to get the body right. Because um, I'm going to go down south tonight after work. And then once I get down south, I'll warm up, stretch and go for, I'm aiming for a half marrow. It's just one of those things that I'm just like. after
2: sitting in the car for a
1: couple hours. Yeah. Yeah. What? It's just like, yeah, I've just got that got that dog in me. Got that got that Goggins in me to say, nah, I'm just going to get this done. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I like it. I just that like, plan my day around it, eat right, hydrate, and shit. So
2: do all that stuff. Yeah. Well, let's jump into it, eh?
1: Yeah. This this would be the key motivator for me. Yeah, know, literally. Yeah. So <laughs> 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 let's see what we
0: can get you to sign up to within an hour. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so so basically, Jack,
2: if you want to give us and the listeners, um, yeah, a little rundown of of who you are and, and what you're doing and and I guess why you're in, in Bali at the moment.
0: Yep. Um so the let's try and think of the short version. The easiest way to put it is I I'm twenty five now and I've lived in, in Indonesia since I was seventeen. Uh so it's coming up on eight years. And prior to being in Indonesia, um I had a quite extensive methamphetamine habit that Extended far beyond recreational use. So, from roughly the ages of 15 to just before I turned 18, that was uh, all that I did was drugs, 24/7, morning to morning to night, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Um, and as a byproduct of that, lost everything that was of meaning within my life, whether that was footy, cricket sport, family, all, all the all the good things that you have in life were, were all removed drastically. So on April 22nd, 2016, was I, I asked for some help and my family found a facility over in Indonesia which put me on a plane over to Indonesia. I ended up in a rehab facility in Indonesia at 17, wondering, like, oh, Jesus, what have I done here? I've, I've stuffed this up a little bit. You know, like five, three years ago, I think I'm going to get drafted and play AFL, play cricket and do all this, and then I'm, I'm in a rehab, going Jesus, I've I've messed this one up a little, and then from there I spent six months in a treatment facility and learned how to change my life. And somewhere in that time, Bali sort of transitioned to being a safe place and a home, and and a place where I had some community and and things around me. And between then and now, I've you know moved well beyond anything that relates to that lifestyle, and got back into my footy and taken up running in a serious. Uh, serious manner and then as well as lots of um, non-profit actions, not only not only, starting my own non-profit organisation here in, in Australia but spending a lot of time during COVID fundraising for people who lost their jobs and food distribution and just trying to be a good person more often than not. Like if I can do it six days a week, I'm pretty happy and, and usually I'll, I'll end up being seven but just, just trying to do good more often than bad. Um, so that's like the probably the, the easiest short version of it all
2: yeah love it um i will, we'll probably touch on uh, if you're happy to maybe to dive into your early childhood um if that's okay with you yeah go for it so when you so you like obviously you loved footy cricket basketball all all the sports sort of stuff what was your first i guess like why 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 did you try like um i guess drugs and alcohol like what got you into that?
0: Well, it was fun. Like it is fun. So it, from from, I was an early experimenter from let's say twelve to fourteen. Right, experimenting with party substances, uh, all 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 that stuff. And actually, the first time that I used methamphetamine, I didn't actually know what I was doing. So I was with a guy who was much older than me. He was in his fifties, and uh, we used it. And like I didn't even know what it was. Like I just thought I don't know, maybe it's MDMA. Like I had no recollection or understanding of what, what it was or what might happen from doing that because this is, you know, this is 2014. Like it wasn't so publicized, it wasn't in the in the public eye as it is now. So just doing it for the first time was like, oh, well, I really enjoy this. And then, literally from from the first time that I did it, within the space of a few months, it was something that I was consuming on a on a on a daily or or every other day basis. Like it just went from I was just messing around, drinking a bit. few few ecstasy pills here and there and then I tried this other substance and it was like oh wow like this thing's really good like I really enjoy this but the problem was I could still do it and I could still play footy at a high level for like a good year and a half so there was like this illusion that it didn't really matter if I was doing that because I was still playing footy I was still having fun I was still managing all the things that you know were involved within my life um but didn't actually know what I was doing like I was so naive and uneducated on what it was and the harm that it was causing me um, like as any 15 16 year old should be really but was you know I remember using it the first time and, and not actually knowing what this substance is
1: it's like at that age like they're 14 15 16 when you're trying new things and and you just feel invincible like so, say you're do, you're doing these drugs and then yeah playing footy at a high level if it works and you're getting the best to both sides, you ha- there's more like gives kind of gives you – it doesn't give you a reason to not do it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And I always thought that I could just stop. Like I just I, – because I, I like pretty strong-willed. So I just assumed that when I made the decision that it wasn't um, benefiting me, I could just go, all right, that's enough. Let's stop, uh, which I found out a very hard way. It wasn't wasn't as easy as I thought it was.
2: Yeah, it's – I guess it's something that um, still happens now. It's the 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 drugs and the alcohol, the smoking, the vaping. It's everywhere. And I I don't know how to put this without sort of – where I'm going with this is as a 15, 16-year-old, do you have like any advice that I guess people out there – that are listening that might be able to like say no because you've seen what has happened to you um, and, and I guess where you are now is probably you probably don't regret it because of what you're doing now and you might not ever be doing this sort of thing. But do you have like any advice or yeah, I guess that sort of aspect because we all want to experiment, we all want to do different things but the things that can happen, I guess and and you're a testament to that of, of what actually can happen and how you can nearly i guess throw your life away in a way if that makes sense,
0: yeah, I think there's there's got to be like a line in the sand of what's acceptable and what's not acceptable because people will do what they're going to do, so like if I got you know like is is taking methamphetamine um something that should be experimented with no, the answer is no because it's the chemical release like there's there's studies we know we know we understand how it works, it affects the brain much. Much more severely than any other substance, and your likelihood of um, some form of dependency goes through the roof like that. We just got to move off the thing. When it comes to other substances, whether that's you know smoking weed, ecstasy, MDMA, drinking, like if you can, ear away from it. But if you are going to experiment, then then doing it in a safe manner. So that might be you know like communicating it with your friends, um, being transparent, like not keeping secrets doing it in a safe environment not having the keys to your car not having the keys to someone else's car like you know all these different not being you know on a on a fifth floor of a of a hotel like just if it comes to a point where there's no way around that you're going to do something how can you make it as safe and and uh, like uh, unrisky as possible but obviously, if you can't, hear on the side of not of not experimenting with it and finding other things that fill up your your body um, in a more natural way, then, then go for that, which can be exercise, connection, doing things that you enjoy. Um, but it's finding those things.
1: Do you remember during that time period if you felt comfortable saying no, or like you, like, or was it you actually just wanting to experiment and try it?
0: Oh no, I didn't want to say no. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was like, why would you say no? That's, just, that's, that's yeah. missing out. Yeah, there, there were there were times at the back end, like the the back end, so like late twenty sixteen, no, late twenty fifteen, early twenty sixteen, we're like, all right, I wanted to stop, but I couldn't stop, and that that was really really difficult. But yeah, prior to that, itself, it was like, yeah. Prior to that, there was never a no. It was always a, like absolutely.
2: So you said you were fifteen, sixteen when you first tried it with a fifty with a fifty year old. So what? What about your mates at that age? What were they doing? Like, were you? Did you start to neglect them? Did you start to, you know, separate yourself from them, or they, or did you get them into it? Like, how did you, you know, navigate that? Because a fifteen-year-old doing meth with a fifty-year-old, like, you know, it's a bit odd, isn't it? Oh,
0: it's very bizarre. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's it's very bizarre. But the, most of my friends, the connection was lost. Um, for a considerable amount of time and understandable. Like I wasn't really the nicest person to be around and I was doing things that their families wouldn't want, you know, because it became uh, apparent of what I was doing. So different families would say, hey, like you got to steer clear of him, which is good. Um, There were a few people that ended up, I suppose, crossing the line and doing what I was doing, which to this day is something that's a little bit it's a little bit tricky because it's like, all right, it's not necessarily my fault. Like they made the decision but there's a there's an absolute um, influence that I was doing it that led them to do that and and there's, you know, like you've got to kind of clean that up the best as I can moving forward. But really I was just gravitating towards people that were doing what I was doing so that it was normal because if I was hanging around other people, they would think that I was doing things I shouldn't be doing. But if I was hanging around people that were doing it, it's, there's no problem with it. It's just normal. You're in a whole other society.
2: So, that's where it goes back to the environment you surround yourself with, right? Like, we talk about that a lot on here. It's, you know, the people you're spending your time with, the spaces that you're in, the environments you're in, really do dictate your actions. If you can't really control yourself and you get influenced easily, then the people you surround yourself with have a massive impact on your life, right?
0: Absolutely. It's it's just common knowledge now, but at that time, it was just so, so foreign that, it, like, what, you want me to hang around with other people? Like, why would I do that?
2: So, what, what, did, the, what did the week look like? Like, when you were, like, heavily involved in it, say, like, maybe when you're 17, what, like, you know, you're still at school, you're still trying to play, you know, footy, get drafted, like you mentioned. You know, what did the week look like, like, incorporating so got, the, the drug use? So, so 20,
0: 2015, it all went to shit. Like like I couldn't play footy anymore. Um and uh like I just nothing works, like my body didn't work, like I couldn't run, like I was I went to this team, I was meant to be the best player and I, I could I had like one kick the whole year. Like I, I just reached the, the blow up point. Um so like football became a punish because I just wasn't enjoying it because I wasn't doing very good. And it was like it's like running on a treadmill in quick sense. Like I just couldn't I like I know what I should be able to do, but I can't do it. Um and then my week would be the same. I would I would sleep approximately one night per week. Um, so I'd be up 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and then fall asleep generally one day a week, whatever the day that, that fell on. Wow. And in between that time would just be selling drugs, consuming drugs and just doing the different activities that you end up doing when you're in that lifestyle, which is just random things. It could be collecting things off bulk rubbish. It could be working on a car. It could be just random things that make no progress in your life but at the time seem really uh, purposeful for what you're trying to do. But the the main point of it is that it was just 24 hours a day, seven days a week, no sleep, very minimal food, Um, Monday to Sunday. Eventually, the body just turns off, so it doesn't actually sleep. You just you just turn off for twelve to twenty hours, and then you get up and and, and restart again.
1: That sounds hectic. <laughs> that is hectic. Yeah. yeah. Um. When was was there a specific moment, or like when did you start to realize that? Like, <laughs> oh shit, I'm in trouble here.
0: Yeah. So, like, because during that whole thing as well, I was going to school, so I, I actually graduated. Um, believe it or not, which is it was that was a, just just spiteful that my parents said I wouldn't and I did. Um, so I would I would usually go to school for about two hours a day and then I'd write some form of a note and forge my father's signature to get out of school. So that's thrown in there too. But coming to 2016, there were a lot of um, external issues that sort of came to life in my life. There were people that we owed some money to. There was um, a police raid for the second time in early January, which was quite scary. Uh, so we got raided earlier in the back end of twenty fifteen and then in twenty sixteen there's quite a serious police raid where uh the guy I was doing all this stuff with was arrested and that sort of started the the, the ripple effect of what led me to wanting to get help because from there, there was there was money owed to people and then there were people that, you know, wanted to hurt me to get the money and then people came to my parents' house and broke uh, totaled their cars out the front of the house, um, which was a bit, a bit unfortunate. And then from there, my parents had to pay some drug debt to then get some people to, you know, just leave us alone. And my family was didn't feel safe because people coming to the house. And then from there, just all that stuff, cumulative. And then two months after that, I just woke up and decided I wanted to get help. So it wasn't no specific thing on the day, but it was like a build up of six months of just. Yeah. Shit shit hitting me constantly.
2: I wanna to touch on two things. Like what you just described, you hear about and you see on news and you watch your movies, like you don't actually you don't think you're ever gonna meet someone that's ever been in that situation. Like um drug debt coming and like destroying your parents' cars and wanting to hurt you and like you hear about all these things, but you're like, Oh, is it is it really true? Like What was that like, man? Like, what what was the feelings? What were the emotions like? What were you experiencing in that in those like periods? Because you would have been feeling pretty guilty. Like, your relationship with your parents probably suffered massively. Like, can you run us through that?
0: It's hard. It's hard because you're so disconnected from it. Like, because you you're so numb emotionally. Like, you can't tap into what you feel. Like, you got no you got no understanding or empathy or like you're so um, deprived of all that stuff. So, what I do remember though is that uh, I didn't like that it happened, like with my sister and with my family, and um, I didn't know how it would get solved because it just seemed like it was going to be a never-ending tunnel of 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 just headaches and and drama and fear and and paranoia. Um. You know, like it was consistent just looking over your shoulder, the paranoia, like something something gonna go wrong, or like do I need to watch out? Like all that kind of stuff. Um that just it just drives you insane. Like I think the end result of it is you just end up in a mental health institution just because it, it just spins you out so much where your brain just loses touch with reality.
1: Mm.
2: So what emotions did you feel? Like did you feel any? Like
0: not much, like unfortunately, which is kind of wrong because you, you should feel you should feel sad and uh like anxious and but mostly it was just you know just numb because you, you can't you got you, you're deprived of any empathy like there's an element of oh like i you know i understand now that people going to the house is not I'm totally in my mother's car not good like that shouldn't happen and you should feel certain range of emotions but at the time it was just like more more self-centered fear that oh no what's going to happen to me like i'm scared for my own well-being but actual emotions very very little.
2: Is that the same as like happiness and joy and love? Like you just didn't feel any of them, or do you actually feel happy when you were using, or were you actually not even towards the end, even getting the high off it anymore?
0: You you think you feel happy and then you experience happiness, you go, Oh no, nah, I haven't yeah. felt happy in a long time. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you, yeah, you've yeah. got
0: this you know, you've you've got this you've got this feeling of, Oh yeah, I feel happy. But then when you actually feel happy, you're like, Oh no, this is that what I what I felt wasn't happy. That was just I just felt okay. It was just
1: temporary, like that short burst. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And you and your scale's out of line. So what what what's a what's a four out of ten happy now? Was a fifteen out of ten happy then?
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's it's crazy to think about. Like and then two months later you're like did you, you said you were like two months later and you're like, I need to get some help. Like, did you just wake up and be like, No, nah, I need to do this today?
0: Pretty much, I remember woke up and someone asked. Someone was trying to force my address, and I just went, "You know what? Fuck this! I like, am over this." Mm. <laughs> like for, for whatever reason, like I just there was no specific thing. It was just like, you know what? I'm alright. Like mum, let's do it. And then she just got on the phones and and figured out like the best and easiest way to do it. Like, I didn't even know what that meant. Like, I you know, I don't even know what a rehab is or what they do or how it works.
1: Yeah, So that that rehabs. That like process started in Perth, or was that where your parents sort of identified that Bali Avenue?
0: Uh, they just identified Bali as a, a reasonable um, destination because, in regards to like uh, drug and alcohol treatment, Perth very very behind the eight ball. Like they really, they really have sub subpar uh, facilities for long term. Um, Treatment and like for actually helping people, so the only options was to fly to Melbourne or to fly to Indo or to fly to Thailand. Yeah, and with all the things that had happened, it just seems an easy option to send to Bali because then I was out of the country, which kind of put all the family things at, at, at some relax. But it also uh, uh, was was financially quite uh, a good decision versus going to Melbourne.
1: From what you've shared so far, and and thank you so much for doing so. Like you just do do so like straight off the bat and you're so honest about it so thanks for that but that sounds like it's like one chapter in itself and then and then when you go to bali it's just like you're entering a new chapter did, did like did it feel like that at the time
0: no nah, i thought it was
1: i thought it was the worst decision ever <laughs> oh <'Cause>, wow
0: <laughs> because because like yeah you know, i don't know like you 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 take away something you do every day for a long period of time you go oh no like I don't, how am i going to feel Mm. Um, what what am I going to do? How am I going to
1: have fun? Just jumping into um, a whole new like bowl of fish. Uncertainties upon you. Um, yeah, everything. The unknown.
0: Yeah, just the unknown. Complete unknown. It's like jumping into the
1: ocean and you know with
0: absolutely nothing around you.
2: I oh, I want to touch on that day that you said. You know what, Mum? Let's make this happen. From that day, how many weeks was it until you went to Bali?
0: Nine
2: days. And did you go oh, did you go cold turkey? Those nine days?
0: Uh yeah, I did and it was rough.
2: I was gonna say, yeah, can you, Because I, I I'm very naive, mate, I got no idea. So what, what was that period like? And I'm I'm assuming that your body just starts to I guess recover itself, right? So what's that period like? Like well, did you sleep? Were you just moody as like you know? I was. What, Did you really want it or what? Like, what happened?
0: Well, so my mental health deteriorated. So, I spent a lot of time looking at the curtains because, because you, you, I don't know, I was just so worried that people were coming to hurt me. So, I kept looking at the curtains every time. When I was awake, I'd be always peeking out the curtain, like, literally, like you would in a movie. (laughs) And then outside of that, I'd just be sleeping. But the problem was, I was falling asleep at um, like 5 a.m. and then sleeping till, 6 p.m. and then I'd be up all night. Like my sleep, my my complete pattern was out of whack, and I'd be sleeping 16 to 20 hours a day. Whoa. But when I was awake, I'd just be like peeping out the windows and just on edge and anxious and scared and terrified and just, just, just literally spinning myself out. Like it wasn't. A, it was a really that nine days was really rough because it was just the decision was made. I knew I was doing it, but I just had to push through that period and just get on that get on that plane.
2: Did you during that nine days like were your parents just like so supportive obviously because you you would have been like like i'm um, going cold turkey here and you would have been going through everything like you've just mentioned, but you would have needed support through that period, especially before you left
0: yeah, I don't remember an awful lot to be honest like i don't I, I know my they they were as supportive as possible um but there's also only so much you can do in that time mm. it's like you kind of just have to Kind of just have to sit around and just tap me, tap me in the right direction so that so that there's no major emotional episode that would then cause me to run away because that was always the worry.
1: Yeah.
2: I I don't know your parents, mate, but I'm um, giving them a shout. I mean, that's so much respect for because a lot you see a lot when someone goes down the wrong path, they can disown them, I guess, and be like, Nah, I don't I don't want anything to do with you. You don't you can't do this at our house and our family, and you're tearing us apart. But your family mm. stood by your side the whole time, so that's a lot of respect. And, um, I guess that's yeah, I just wanted to sort of say that, but not that I know them or anything like that, I just think it's awesome. Um, yeah, no. but to run us through it, mate. So, you're on the plane, what's going through you? You, you rock up to the airport, <laughs> you, you're booked in, off you go, what's going through your head?
0: I don't remember. Mm. I, honestly, I don't remember any of the plane. because I'm, 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 I've, I don't remember flying. All I remember is because uh, I stayed a night in in Bali with my mum before going into the facility the next day. So like, I flew on a Sunday and I went in on the Monday. I don't remember any of it. Like, I just, I remember, I remember having dinner. I remember buying lots of cigarettes, but I don't remember um, there all of it else. I, I actually don't remember any of it.
1: It's probably good, <laughs> good thing you don't remember, right? <laughs>
0: Probably, I think intu- I'd love to remember now because I find it interesting and I can have a mm. laugh at it. But, but um, I, I actually don't remember any of the fight or any of that.
1: Yeah. So just like, so you've spent that night with your mum and then you're going to the facility. Um, you're welcome in there. What, like, where was the facility? What was it called? And then just like, and it's even like the starting process. When did you sort of like, um, come to the reality of it and sort of gather like gather yourself, like, okay, I'm here now, I'm going to go through the process. Yeah, so the um,
0: – like, I get in the car and the guy doesn't speak any English. I'm, I'm awesome. I'm in this car and I'm going, oh, no, no one speaks English. I don't know where I'm going. My poor mum doesn't know where I'm going. <laughs> i got no idea and then I turn up to his place and, honest to God, it was the size of, like, a small Balinese house, like – I thought it was really big. I was expecting to go to a really big property and I walk in and this place is like 100 square metres with 12 people in it. And there was a dwarf in there who became my best friend. He was like 60 and about four foot high. Um, And everyone's just chain smoking and like I just go, oh, what have I done? I'm, I'm seriously, I'm thinking this place is like 10 acres and then I, I turn up and it's it's literally like a few hundred, few hundred square meters.
2: So what – like is it just like a house? It's just a small house. And what, you you all stay there overnight and that? You stay there. I was in there for three months. That was my home. Wow. So can you literally walk out? Like is there a gate? Is it like
0: – So you're in there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You do some excursions and things on weekends and stuff like that but you – um you're in there you're in there the whole time, so you you don't that's that's where you, that's where you are that's your home you, basically, yeah. you, you move in that's that's where you are for me it was for three months
1: yeah we talk a lot about the the power of solitude and how like spending some time with yourself can be an influential thing on yourself and like what you're going through at the time but I imagine for you at that time being with yourself being thoughts perhaps could have been a pretty worrying and scary place. But um, I don't know, like, do you think that it was necessary for you to go through that at the time?
0: Oh, of course. You, there's a, you need a balance. You need you need people to love you, to just, you know, fill you up with all the good things that humans need, which is, you know, like conversation, connection, love, empathy. You need people to put that into you until you can do it on your own. Mm. But you also need some time on your own because you need to be able to do that comfortably without – Without it being a big deal. Um, so it's like a juggling act. But the good thing about being in a facility is you've got no choice. So it's like you kind of just do it or you don't. So you may as well just do it because it costs money and you're wasting your time if not. Or um, if you're not in a facility, you don't have that sort of uh, financial commitment but also that like structure and governance around you to, to push you to do the right thing.
1: So you're making the most of the opportunity whilst you're in there. You're doing the work. You're being, you're being with yourself. What other things did you use to occupy the time whilst you're in there? Uh,
0: push-ups and smoke cigarettes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> how, how many push-ups did you get up to? Oh, I, got
2: up
0: to <laughs> got up, I got up to about a thousand a day. Um, when I started, <laughs> I could do like one. I couldn't do one. Like, I was so unfit. I was so unfit. I was like 59 kilos and I couldn't even do a push-up. And then I just... I just I just started. I did ten, and then I did twenty, and then I did thirty, and then I end up doing like a thousand a day for like I don't know a week or two. And it just just gave me like, I don't know. It was good for the self esteem, and it was um I could it was tangible. Like I was writing it on a piece of paper. Like I could see that I'd started with one push up, and then I was doing like a thousand. Um, and it was just you know just something to do. I'd do. 100 in the morning, 100 in the mid-morning, just just ticking them off slowly throughout the day, and yeah. then
1: outside of that, just just smoking lots of cigarettes, and then filling yourself with nazi Goring.
0: <laughs> and yeah, and actually, and reading, which I had, I never read a book in my life, so I uh, I started to read books which I'd never read in my life, and just give me something to do. The first book I ever read was Dean Cox's autobiography, which was oh wow. I specifically got it brought over and, and it was the first time I'd ever read a book and I'm like,
2: oh, you know what? I actually quite like this. So you, I'm going to touch on two things. I want to touch on the book aspect but I also want to touch on the ex- exercise because doing, doing a thousand push-ups is in a day. That that That's pretty incredible but mental health, your mental health in there would have been you know deteriorating and all that sort of thing but now, You've started doing exercise. You're seeing results. You've been really happy, and then you've started to read. How big is those two things? Do you reckon play a part just in general mental health?
0: I just well uh, yeah like I just think learning like learning is stimulating, and anything that's stimulating I think is good if it's stimulating in a positive positive manner. So like I'm a podcast nut now, but um, like taking in information new experiences, educating yourself, whether that's autobiographies, whether it's fiction, non-fiction, whatever it might be, I feel like there's a lot of a lot to be gained from it. Like there's so many brilliant people out there who put really good perspectives and understandings of every topic or, or unrealistic topic there is. Um, so just starting to do that and training the brain again because, you, like in my state, the brain had been completely untrained to learn. So like – just basic reading, putting words into my head was really good just to refire all that stuff. And then you're throwing in the exercise, which when you're consistent, you can see you can see progress. You do it once a month, you're not going to see any progress. You're not going to continue to do it. But when you're doing something every single day with some form of a uh, plan towards whatever goal it might be, it might be a weekly goal, monthly goal, yearly goal, five-year goal. And just slowly seeing those boxes get ticked off, like it just makes you feel good. Um it's just really important like I think is a basic whether, whether whatever whatever scale it is that someone does.
1: So, from what you've just mentioned then, you've talked a lot about how you've changed for a lot of, well whilst being the rehabilitation process. I'm not sure what the other aspects include, but you've already talked about how, Mentally, you're learning new things. So like just from consuming books, consuming podcasts, and then physically you're doing the push-ups, you're doing running and we talk about the other like dimensions of health and, and, and wealth and, and those things like, I guess spiritually or emotionally, what other, like did you, could you identify um, those aspects in your life that, and the things that you were doing to sort of work on those at the time?
0: Yeah, like, see, so you, you get you get introduced to meditation and stillness of the mind and yoga. And um, I, I mean, for a period there, I'd meditate twice a day um, for no other reason than I seemed to enjoy it at that time, and um, it it gave me something to do. So, like, would do that in the morning and do it in the afternoon. It would give me some sense of being connected to something else. I was able to identify that, you know. Although I'd had a pretty rough goal of it, I'd always been taken care of that there is you know, a universe out there that's looking out for us if we do good and, and being able to open your eyes and be open-minded to that stuff was really important as well because if you're close-minded to it, you're just limiting yourself from so many other options.
2: Yeah, beautiful. That's so true. And on those other aspects, man, what, what if you're allowed to even, I don't know if you're allowed to explain what actually happens in the process, the activities in the program Can you sort of run us through what you do in there?
0: Yeah, see, get up. uh, Eventually, I self-drove myself to like get up at five, which I'd never done in my life, Um, do some reading, do some writing, um, do some push-ups, smoke some cigarettes. (laughs) Mentals? Make great... Uh, a bit of everything. You're going through so many. You're going through fifty or sixty a day. Like you can, you can change it up. You've got room for, you've got room for change. And so then you make your own breakfast. Um, your first group is an hour long where you're talking about how you feel, what's good, what's not good, and then you have a an hour break, and then you do a second group where you're learning about something. So it could be boundaries, communication skills. What is, what is the cycle of addiction, any, anything like that. So that's kind of the, the main structure of the day. A couple of afternoons, you, you're going to the beach um, and you do yoga once a week. So that's the main gist of it.
1: Wow. It's just, yeah, kind of just for a person like, well, going into that and then getting all these like new things that just with the aim of getting you back on track, and and essentially, like in those time, like when it gets to like twenty days, thirty days, you start to really form those stronger habits, um, and just like and, and then they start to set in and have an actual effect on you. Like, um, I don't know. Like I'm just trying. I'm actually really curious about the awareness that you had when it's like when you, say like you start when you started to identify that your steps taking in the right direction or the steps that you'd, you've already developed and a sense of. Did you ever feel like a sense of proud of how far you came whilst you were over there?
0: Oh, heaps because you got people around you who tell you it every day, but you don't believe it for a period of time. But within a few weeks, like you can see improvement. And you're coming from such a low bottom, so like 59 kilos, no sun, no life. You you put some food and some sun onto someone, you start to look good, start to feel good, Um, and then. Just doing things that you don't normally do like getting up in the morning, early, reading, writing, it's it's hard not to acknowledge that but just probably took three to four weeks uh, continually doing it and then being like, oh, you know what? Like I'm actually doing quite
2: a lot.
1: Mm.
2: So what did you learn about yourself? Like what was like one of the big standouts during that three-month period? Like did you mm. find out what you like to do or what you might want to do? or move into once you left?
0: No, the biggest biggest takeout from it is that actually it was possible to live um, sober and happy because that's the biggest roadblock to wanting to make change is the fear of if I do this, there will not be any fun anymore. So the biggest takeaway was just opening your eyes that there's a whole other world out there that you don't have to live um, confined by the walls of substance use that there were People who manage to enjoy their life without the use of substances, and that 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 then opens up everything else.
2: Yeah, it's wow. it's pretty like that. Would be that feeling. I can only imagine what it would have been like, like to be relying on your happiness through drug use, and then to actually realise like I don't need this to have fun, to be loved, to enjoy life. Like that would have been a pretty nice release.
0: Yeah, it's it's impossible to describe. Like it's just it's just like what, <laughs> and then you, and then you look at it now and you're like, of course there is, of course. But when you're in that, you're so tunnel visioned on one singleness of purpose, being that you just consume this substance and do these kind of activities. That when you when it opens up, you're like, oh my god.
1: Yeah, and then when you when you go over there, you have this obstacle. Like you go into the rehab, it's kind of like this big mountain, and it's like, well, okay, well the only o- way around it is through. And then you mm. got you got that you got that momentum of doing these these steps each day, and it's kind of like it sounds like by the end of the three months. Well, whilst you were there, like it's kind of like a, I love the word like metamorphosis. Like when you hear it out in the environment, like insects and stuff, how like a butterfly goes in the cocoon and of co- a caterpillar goes in the cocoon and comes out like a butterfly. Like, You're going through this dramatic change. Um, I mean, I know like I know all things are always changing, but once you yeah, got to the end of the three months, I guess. Like not, noticing all that change and like dealing with it, It's was like, okay, what am I going to do now?
0: Yeah. So I actually went into a sober living house. So I was, I was effectively in treatment for six months, but I was only in the actual facility for three. So then the next three months I was in like a, a house owned by the rehab where I was around like other people doing what I was doing. So I was just immersed in the environment um, and I'd just volunteer at the facility every single day. So like I, I just did like a little ladder process of, of reintegrating myself into the outside world. It was just what was suggested that I do and I'm really glad that I did it because it just made it all really easy in the way that I've gone from full-time treatment to then like part-time treatment basically is the easiest way to think of it, like full-time job to a casual employment. Hmm. And
2: during that three months, the, the second three months of the, of the six, when you were volunteering – did, was that your choice to do that?
0: Yeah, yeah. All, all, all my choice.
2: Why did you do it?
0: Uh, well, there's an element of I didn't have anything else to do. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it would kill, it would kill half a day. But the other side was that um, I enjoyed it and I could see that there was value in being in that environment. So just coming in and sharing whatever I could to help and just, just being, being around that, that environment was just good for me and it, and it filled up half my day because by this stage, I had no idea what I liked doing.
2: When when did you figure that out then that what you wanted to do and because you because you say you once those sort of six months are up, what did you realize like I really want to do this or I want to get into this field like when did that start to I guess come into your head that I really want to do whatever I want to do?
0: Because I was riddled with anxiety, so like I had real big social anxiety of everything. So like loud restaurant, new new environment, gym like I just it all intimidated me so for like about after six months I thought I want to get into the field so I signed up to a course to to do to work in the field and then around let's say six or nine months Nick helped me get back into the gym because I had all this unrealistic fear that you know people everyone suffers from it at some stage like you go to a new gym like intimidating, it can be a really intimidating environment. We we can perceive it to be a really intimidating environment and I found it really difficult to re step back into into that place. So Nick kind of my mate Nick helped me move into that, get back into the gym. Then I thought, you know what, may well may as well learn to surf. Turns out, you know, within I just went and I just go to the beach and hire a board. Within like three months I was like an intermediate surfer. It's like, Hmm. oh like like, just, just lucky that it was something that I was actually okay at. So then, then I had that avenue that I could, I could start going surfing. Um, and then while doing that, going to the gym a little bit and just slowly just trying heaps of little different things and, and expanding my range of activities from volunteering at a rehab to, okay, we do that and then we surf and then we study a little bit and then we go to the gym a little bit and just expanding one by one um, over, you know, months, years to, to where we are. Mm. Basically,
1: now. In one of the books that I'm reading at the moment, they're like literally in the chat that I read last night. It goes, um I think it was just talking about like just in terms of growing as a person and the opportunities you take, like of getting out of your comfort zone. It's kind of like that aspect of just creeping over the edge, like finding your edge, like where it's at, like where you just mentioned that it's your point of anxiety and just, just mm-hmm. leaning over that a little bit. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, like you mentioned then, like getting comfortable with being uncomfortable like going into other situations learning something new and like like the aspects of surfing and then I mean I, lo- I love that you said that it's the surfing aspect so When we said that my eyes like kind of lit up um but yeah it's um I don't know like when when did that kind of th- those things lead to you developing the idea of you going down the mental health avenue or and the training aspects
0: so yeah. By this stage I was playing footy over here and then um, just before – I'd always thought I wanted to go back and play footy again and and back to Oz and it was always a plan. And then it finally materialised in 2019. So um, I had an offer to go play for a team in Melbourne with, uh, at the top, well, with, with like Danny Laidley, with Danielle Laidley. Yep. And she coached us over here. And so then I got an offer to go play footy over there. And then we ended up, I ended up, I was going to go and play with Bond University in Queensland. Um, and it was all booked. It was all, all agreed. Um, we'd become really close with Danny cause she, she'd coached us over here for a period of time, like spending a lot of time on holiday but then decided to go play with Bond and then COVID happens, so like that kind of was the probably the real big initiator of all the things that have really transformed my life in the last four years was was COVID happening, that opportunity falling away, which then opened the door to ten thousand other things that I didn't even know were there.
2: What what was the um, so COVID hit? You didn't go to Queensland and play or Melbourne. What did you do during that? covid period what were those ten thousand things because we can get into i would love to get into those now with with what you're doing and and i guess the movement that you're creating um over there so do you want to touch on that and how you just was like i want to start this and i want to do this and yeah
0: yeah so i mean it started with like i was i was running because i wanted to get fit go play footy in oz and then um covid happened and i went all right let's let's just well, I just might as well keep running, and then I've gone. Why don't I do the David Goggins challenge? and Raise some money. Stay hard. I've said to I've said to Nick because I'm the biggest David Goggins nut no, there is. I'm like, should I do this? He goes, Yeah. I go, Do you think I can do it? He goes, Mate, you'll find it easy. And I go, Nah, it's pretty hard. I go, he goes, Yeah, it's hard to normal people. He goes, You'll be fine. He goes, You'll you'll enjoy it, and you won't want to stop. And I go, Okay. So then I made a little video. Posted it online and raised like $20,000 in five days. I was like, oh, what the wow. fuck? Like, it was like middle of COVID. I'm like, all right. So then I went and ran this Goggins challenge. Um, you know, this is in June 2020 when Bali was dead. The whole world was dead. Like, it was prime time COVID. And then I've gone, oh, wow. Like, this is actually kind of easy. And I found that running, you know, the four miles every four hours was, was not difficult and that uh, it, I thought that that would be like my limit, and I realized it was was not even 10% of it. So the moment I finished it, I said, okay, in three months' time, I'm going to run across the island, um, which is 84, with a 2,000-meter elevation gain up a 20-kilometer hill, and then 60 kilometers down. And so I just... Just set the bar to go do that, and like I never run more than 21 kilometers in one go. I done this, the Goggins challenge in increments, but I would never run more than a half marathon in one go. And I've gone, all right, well let's run 84, <laughs> and then just went and just went and did it. Like I didn't know what I was doing. I got a pretty good knowledge of how to do it all now, but then I was just like, all right, I'm just gonna run X amount per week. I'm gonna lift weights. I'm gonna eat a lot of food and. I'm pretty sure that I'll be able to do it no problem. And the same thing happened again where I just I, I went and ran across the island 84 kilometres in like 11 hours um, and found it not, not ultra difficult. And what I realised from that was and raised a whole bunch of money again in the title with the two runs we fed 200,000 people. So then we've gone, all right, let's 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 raise money for mental health. Um, originally I was going to raise money for 20 which you've you, guys know and they're very close friends of mine and and i do my mental health uh, first aid training under them um but i realized that you can't really raise money for an international company while living on an island that that suffers so we've looked into mental health ngos here and there were none that we could cross our hearts and and trust that the funds would be used to the standard that we would see appropriate if we raised one two three four five hundred thousand dollars so we just I had a meeting, me and my friend Nick, and we Gormel. Well, let's just start our own, and literally just from that one conversation has grown to what's now I would say the largest mental health organisation within Indonesia within the space of two years. Just from just having a go, having some form of a vision, and and not making it making it up as you go with it with a with a trajectory towards a goal, but just just continually trying to improve it and make it better, and and that's kind of how it all all happened from COVID to to 2024
1: yeah that's huge man and even in that in that time and i'm sure in like even more recent years well the last year or two i'm sure you've seen the increase in the run clubs and in in these people doing extraordinary things such as your brockmans and we had um emma uh, brook rose as well who was in the potty and she did the run from caratha down to perth and they're doing these runs for extraordinary reasons and you without a doubt are doing like a, a similar thing but and like you, I think you're one of the early adopters or it sounds like but well, it sounds like if you're doing this for like 2 3 4 years now um how have you found that like how like I guess everyone a lot of people becoming more accepting of of this running niche and uh, and getting around growing the awareness like um whilst doing the action of running do you get on do you got on talking about
0: yeah so it's interesting because when i did it in 2020 i it's inter- I, I just realized it's four years ago like it doesn't feel like it was four years ago mm. but it's actually quite a long time ago and when i did it not it wasn't um as prominent as it is now and i think it's really i think it's really cool that um you know let's say like because when i did it i knew people that had done it many, many years ago, it's been happening for a long time but you had to be within that niche community to understand and see it whereas now like every day you can look online and you can see someone that's doing something that's quite inspirational and and that at least for myself can encourage me to get up and and do a little bit better each day and I I just think it's really cool that people are discovering um, that the only limitation really is what, what they set and if they want to run from, you know, Karratha to Perth or from Brisbane to Cairns or from Adelaide to Melbourne like they absolutely can there's no there's no reason why not the only reason why not would be if they actually wanted to do it um and I think it's just really good for just good for us to be able to witness it and see it because you 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 just you've just got so much inspiration where you look um which which more is always better
1: yeah, we think it's fantastic as well because whether we're doing the podcast or and we're doing whatever we're doing at Switched On Happiness Co, whatever it is, and the guests that we've had on um, talking about the re- their reasons for doing it and how we're all supporting each other is just that aspect of increasing that that the the baseline at where everyone's at because mm-hmm. then the once the base once that keeps lifting, the carry on effect from that just continues and the momentum continues and that's exactly what we're looking for. Yeah.
0: And like my thing is like I love it. So if, if I if if I could do it on my own and no one sees it and it doesn't have to be um a community thing, I would still do it. However, the the the, the good thing about let's say twenty twenty four is that you can do these kind of things and you can involve hundreds, if not thousands, of people and you can have a really big impact in it. So you get your own to, you know, do your own thing, but then as a byproduct, you, you can impact let's say a thousand people around you, and then those people might impact two people. So you, you, you're impacting anywhere from two to ten thousand people.
1: Yeah. So we haven't actually mentioned like what your charity is. Well, like it's so Shuffle and Strides, which I love. I love to go into the name, but also the impact that it's having within Bali at the moment.
0: Yep. So the name came from. Um, my partner Nick, who we do it with, he he's not your athlete. He's more of the everyday human that's slightly the overweight, but has a that has a crack and and he shuffles. <laughs> whereas the stride rep- represents the top top tier of um, athletic ability.
1: Which is yourself. So it doesn't
0: matter if <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're the bottom or you're the top. We've we've got a we've got space for you. Yeah. Um, and so we. <clears throat> We work in predominantly the prevention space of mental health. So our key areas are around education and awareness, which we do via training um, and events. So the training we facilitate is like a full two-day mental health educational training, which which aims to break stigma and educate Indonesians on what is mental health and what are warning signs and symptoms. Um, And also just like... What is it? What does it look like? What does it smell like? How do you, you know, all that that stuff because here it's still um, acknowledged as a taboo subject. It's not even recognized by the medical model and it's something that if you suffer from it, you can be locked up in a cage at the back of your house. So we feel through education that we can um, help change the direction of that. And then we also provide free counseling services, so we subsidize counseling services for people who wouldn't otherwise have the means to um, afford them uh, basically like you would with the government in in australia but we we subsidize so we can provide people with ten free sessions and then we do big fun events that make mental health seem more attractive and 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 positive than you know what what it can be deemed within this environment so we Big scale running events, awareness events, um, where people can come, have fun, engage in positive things that are ultimately going to benefit who they are and how they feel.
2: Love oh, that. Can you touch on? Oh, I know you got the run club, which is two times a week. That's right. Yep. Yeah, which is awesome. And I always see, you know, there's oh, there's one there's one guy that's I think he's challenged himself to do run every day. I've seen yep. him put that up. So there's like. You know, you're making impacts like that, which is which is awesome, but what's the the I want you to touch on and give people an understanding of the um big event that you've got coming up. Well, it's in September, the Lapathon. Can yeah. you explain, I guess, what that is and 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 the reason behind it and why you do it?
0: Yeah, so we um I wanted to run 24 hours.
2: <laughs> and
0: we thought well why don't we make a lap song like you do in school we you know you run laps for donate and then it just grew from there so that was the starting point idea which then progressed to I'll run for 24 hours so that you run for one or walk for one <laughs> um, and it's our now annual event where we have anywhere from one to five thousand people join we raised I think eighty thousand dollars last year, but more importantly, we had about a thousand people who who achieved things that they've never achieved in their life. So we had people run their first marathons, people do their first half marathons, people do their first hundred kilometers, people do their first hundred fifty kilometers, people do their first double marathons, people do their first ten minute walk for the year, people do their first thirty minute walk. Like the the range of um firsts was through the roof, and and we just do it in a way that it's like a carnival with bands, DJs. Entertainment, all sorts of things, um, so that it's it's like you're going to a carnival, which is raising money for mental health, and it's really really enjoyable. But it's also a place where you can uh, achieve things that you didn't think were possible.
1: Wow, we! I'm so excited. Brayden I will be there. <laughs> lock, yeah. lock it in, Eddie. <laughs> so that was the that that was going to be the 22nd of September. Yeah. Uh,
0: twenty one to twenty two.
1: Yeah because yeah. it goes to 10
0: a.m. till 10 a.m.
1: Far out! Let's go! Let's go! I'm excited.
2: <laughs> it's um,
0: it's so it's so interesting. It's, it's the most, it's one of the most unique things that I've ever experienced. Because you, it's just, it's hard to describe without being there. But it's just very cool because you've got so much going on and entertainment wise, and you'll never do anything like it ever in your life. That's for sure. And you don't even have to do. People don't have to do 24 hours. They just come and do an hour, but they still get to enjoy it.
2: It's gonna be um
1: You've challenged me.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be fun from our aspect. But like, it's just these things, it's bigger than I guess just just the run. Like you just mentioned, like there's a whole community event, right? And everyone gets involved. Uh, you don't have to, to run it. You can walk it. Um but it's it's the aspect of you have entertainment, you have food, you have I guess everything there and it, it becomes this big mental health awareness event which is I guess what you you want to create and how much of an impact have you seen just that one weekend have over there in Indo?
0: Oh, it changes people's lives. It changes my life every year but it changes everyone else because it, it ignites a fire in them that they can do more, they can do better and they can, you know, I can't wait for next year, I can't wait to do this. It's, there's always stories of I wish I was there and oh my God, my friend said it was the best. So it's there's all there's never a, a bad experience and there's always like it's it's like a kickstart for all right like let me try and do a little bit better next year.
2: Yeah, I'm excited. I'm very excited. It's gonna be um, it's gonna be sick. And then ho- well, as we we know, we've been talking and and hopefully gonna get some cool things happening with it. Um, but last thing I sort of want to touch on is around the mental health aspect and. Because I don't know too much about it over there, but how how can you improve? I guess what problems first do you see with mental health? Like what connotations? What stigmas do you think are still there?
0: Oh, everything that you could think from a historic, archaic attitude is here. So, if you suffer from schizophrenia or any um, any psychosis or psychotic-related illness, you generally you put out of the public eye and you know that can be cages that can be chained um so you got that starting point there's resistance to medication there's a lack of funds to obtain medication there's a lack of education that medication even exists there's uh, a lack of understanding of what is anxiety depression substance use there's a lack of awareness that medications can help these or other treatment modalities can help these. There's, uh, yeah, the list goes on and on because it's not, um, it's not commonly talking about, spoken about, or even acknowledged. So that's where education comes in um, because if at least with that, you can start, start changing the tide slightly. Um, you can put up crisis management solutions, treatments, um subsidies, et cetera. But that doesn't really change the problem. That just that just helps people that are suffering, but it doesn't allow people not to suffer. Uh, so the the list of roadblocks with mental health within Indonesia is quite substantial. Wow.
1: Mate, just just the depth of of knowledge you have around it and what you've shared with us today just really shows how much you care about it all and how far you've come just as an individual. And mate, it's like thank you so much for sharing all of that, um, and just like I'm, I'm, I'm so excited for where Shuffle and Strides is going for yourself and and just the mission that you guys are on at the moment. So you guys should be so proud of what you guys are doing, um, and and yeah, I'm I'm really excited to to support what's going on and carrying on to the future, and um and yeah, <laughs> mate, we can't like if you're ever in Perth, make sure that, like let us know for showsies.
0: We will, we we absolutely will. We got to organise something where we come back over and, and do something fun.
1: Do you come back often to Perth or not?
0: Oh, I did, but uh, my schedule is pretty busy this year running marathons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used all my I used all my annual leave on on
1: marathons.
2: <laughs> how many and Perth how, gets you. how many you got planned? Uh,
0: I've got well, I've got I've got two locked in at the moment. Um and maybe a third if i if i can wrangle some extra time but yeah there's that's two overseas there'll be plenty that aren't overseas
1: <laughs> swap um you should try swap one of them for the Rotto one in july because i'm planning on doing that
0: <laughs> uh, the problem is i've got a i've got my 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 a races the year my prime race is the gold coast one which Ooh. is in july nice okay oh. and then a oh, half oh. marathon in, <laughs> in central java Two
1: weeks later. What? Two weeks?
2: <laughs> no rest. No rest needed.
1: No rest for the wicked. <laughs>
2: so, mate, I just want to, um, before we wrap up, there's one one question I want to ask. And in the last week um, over there in Bali, who is someone that you're extremely grateful for in the last week?
0: Oh, the easiest answer is always just to say my mate Nick. Um, because we we've been doing this together for eight uh, years, uh, and just we we do the charity together, we work together, we live on the same block of land. We don't live in the same house, but we we are around each other all the time, and it just makes doing all this stuff much easier.
1: Love that.
2: How about you, my man?
1: I'm gonna go. I'm actually gonna go Mon Mon. From the Happiness Co. Foundation. Um, mate, she's she's unreal. And you can you can tell that she's Jules's sister just in the way that they're both high operators and the way and just like the stuff that she does and um the way I'm able to just sort of gather what I'm working on um from her and she points in the right direction. Um, yeah, I'm really grateful for her and what she does for me at the and switched on, actually. Yeah. Yeah. What are you, Bubba?
2: Me, mate. Um, I'm going to go this is a collective of my um dad's like dad's side of the family so i guess my my two brothers my little sister um you know dad and, and stepmom because uh, and my brother's partner because we all went um and had dinner the other night together and like and that that hasn't happened for a while all of us together and it, was, it was pretty awesome man like um so i'm just grateful to be with them and spend that time with them um, because yeah, it was, it was awesome. It was really good. So I'm just grateful for them and their support. Um, and the conversation that we had, it wasn't like, you know, on our phones, it was all just down South berth having some food, enjoying the sunset, enjoying each other's company. So mine's more a moment than I'm really grateful for, but it was that. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. I'll pay it. I'll accept that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sick. Thanks, bro. <Braden.
1: laughs> well done. Nah, no, thanks. Thank you guys. Um, thank you, Braden. Thank you, Jack. Um, Guys, I think this has been like one of the most authentic chats we've had, and like, and to not, ha- to not have you in the actual booth today, Jack, like, and us still having gone in depth and some of the conversations we have, like, yeah, cheers, thank you.
0: My pleasure. It's a, it's an honour.
2: Just quickly, mate, where can we um where can we find you? Instagram, As in on socials, best way. yeah.
0: J a c k a h e a r n.
2: And then follow Shuffle and Strides.
0: Yeah, direct
1: links from me to them. Yeah, perfect. And I'll, um, I'll make sure to include them in the show notes. Um, yeah, bloody oath. Well, listeners, thank you for tuning in for another week. Hope you've really got something out of this episode. Um, if, you really, if you did get something out of this episode, it felt you in some certain ways, um, be sure to share it with someone that you think might get something out of it as well. Um, because, yeah, I think we haven't really touched on something like this kind of idea or... or um topic um in our podcast series yet. So yeah, it's a special one. And um yeah, I reckon there's always stories that might like these that resonate with people. Um and yeah. With that said, we'll leave it there and we'll catch you in the next one. Thanks guys. Yeah. You my friend have just made it to the end of another switched on podcast. Thank you very, very much. If you enjoyed the episode, it would be a massive help if you could follow the channel, rate five stars, of course, please. Tap the notification bell, share with friends and family, or you could do them all. If you want to get in touch to suggest some feedback, suggest a guest, or even advertise your brand, reach out to our Instagram DM. And also be sure to check out our website for more information, resources, and updates for what we've got coming up. Thanks once again. Stay switched on.